Hey there, it's Mitch here. And before we get into today's episode, our spring membership drive has officially sprung and we've got one heck of a giveaway. When you make a donation in any amount to Vermont Public by March 16th, you'll be entered to win a new roof valued up to $15,000 thanks to Vermont Construction Company. Your support makes everything we do possible. Make a gift today so we can keep bringing you the trustworthy, reliable news you count on day in and day out. To make your gift, head to vermontpublic.org donate. And thanks. From Vermont Public, this is The Frequency. I'm Mitch Wertlieb. It's Thursday, February 22nd. And here are today's headlines. The Vermont Senate greenlit legislation yesterday that would tweak the state's education finance formula and allow school districts to postpone their budget votes until after town meeting day. Property taxes are forecast to spike by 20 percent this year, and the measure, which passed out of the chamber on a voice vote, is the legislature's first attempt to encourage some districts to decrease their spending. But lawmakers say their work isn't done. In a brief floor speech, Senate Leader Phil Baruth told fellow lawmakers the next step is much more comprehensive reform. I think this year we're going to need a discussion about how to reduce budgets and how to reduce those long-term costs in a way that is new and that is going to be groundbreaking. If districts do choose to rewrite their budget plans this year, the bill gives them until April 15th to reschedule a vote. The legislation, which already passed the House, now heads to Governor Phil Scott, and he plans to sign the bill. A shortage of nursing home beds in Vermont has forced hospitals to become residential care providers for patients with nowhere else to go. That's according to Dr. Stephen Leffler, Chief Operating Officer at University of Vermont Medical Center. Leffler told lawmakers yesterday the hospital is currently boarding 68 patients who are ready for discharge. And he says the situation is delaying access to care for patients with serious medical needs. We are the place for people who need the most high acute needs. And we're proud of that, by the way. We want to be that place. And we want to accept everybody when they need to come. We need to have the capacity to do that. Nursing home administrators say increasing financial pressures and workforce shortages have forced them to reduce capacity since the pandemic. Leffler and other health care officials are calling on lawmakers and the governor to increase funding for residential and home care organizations. Bennington State Representative Jim Carroll was arrested for suspicion of DUI outside the statehouse yesterday morning. That's after Montpelier police conducted a traffic stop at 8.24 a.m. in the Capitol Complex parking lot, according to a news release from the department. Police say they detected signs of alcohol impairment after stopping Carroll for a loud muffler. The lawmaker refused a field sobriety test but provided a breath sample, and police say that indicated his blood alcohol content was higher than the legal limit. Carroll is scheduled to appear in court in March. He has not responded to a request for comment. U.S. Representative Becca Ballant is in Israel with a special congressional delegation. In a press release, the congresswoman called for a swift ceasefire agreement between Israel and Hamas. Ballant went on to say that immediate steps are needed to end humanitarian suffering in Gaza and that she supports a two-state solution to the conflict. Ballant is scheduled to meet with senior Israeli officials, family members of hostages, Palestinians living in the West Bank, and officials from the United Nations. Nineteen organizations in northwestern Vermont have received state substance misuse prevention funds distributed by United Way of Northwest Vermont. Among the recipients is the Richard Kemp Center, located in Burlington. 
The organization is Black-led and centers the needs of Black and Brown community members. It's named for the Queen City's first Black city councillor, and it's run by his daughter, Christine Hughes. Hughes says $25,000 in substance misuse prevention funds will support the Richard Kemp Center's summer and after-school activities for youth. Hughes says the center celebrates local Black leaders and provides cultural programming that's not common in Vermont. And just even a physical, safe place to be, um, and, and also really trying to intentionally listen to them and involve them in the, in the design of what we're doing. It can be a very empowering experience for, for youth who many times feel like their voices are not necessarily heard. According to the Mayo Clinic, providing supervised activities and support for teens can reduce the risk of drug use. Coming up. More rain events in winter are wreaking havoc with snowpack, adversely affecting water quality. More from a national study on the problem after this. The Frequency is supported by MVP Healthcare, offering Medicare Advantage plans made for Vermont and guided by doctors. In partnership with the UVM Health Network. Info at uvmhealthadvantage.com. Vermont is seeing warmer winter temperatures and more and more rain-on-snow events, which has scientists worried about snowpack. Snowpack plays a key role in storing nutrients like nitrogen and phosphorus. But a national study found that rainy winter days are shifting how and when those nutrients are released. And that's putting water quality at risk in around 40% of the contiguous U.S., including in Vermont. Carol Adair directs the Aiken Forestry Science Lab at the University of Vermont, and she was a researcher on the national study. She recently joined host Mary Engus to share more about her findings. First, how does the increase of rain on snow events impact snowpack depth? Right, so rain is is very effective at melting snow, So, and I think that we've all seen this happen throughout this fairly depressing winter here in Vermont. So far, fingers crossed for more snow. But um, it, it's very good at melting snow and decreasing our snowpack pretty quickly, helping that snow melt and run off into rivers along with the rain that falls during that time period. And what does the decrease in snowpack depth mean for streams and rivers and, and other smaller waterways? Uh, we're, we are so used to having snowpack and that snowpack really protects our soils and our land cover, actually, um, and keeps all of the things that we want to stay on land, on the land, right? And if we don't have that that snowpack sort of insulating our soils and keeping things sort of frozen in place, if you will, um, it's much easier for the rain that falls to kind of drag it along down into the rivers and streams. And that that is what we're not used to thinking about and, and what is sort of new. Why is it so impactful for water quality to have these big rain events happen in the winter on top of the snow. And why is that a problem that melting snowpack is changing how these nutrients uh, are moving through the waterways? There are sort of two issues that, that the water quality is really affected by. And one is that the snowpack does accumulate some amount of nutrients. And those are things that we're measuring right now in Vermont. It's sort of how much in terms of nutrients and, and other things are being stored in the snowpack. And that, of course, when it rains on top of that snowpack, that snowpack sort of, and all the stuff in it gets transported down into rivers and streams and lakes, ultimately. 
Uh, the second problem is when we actually run out of snowpack, then we're just left with the bare soil and or you, the ground. And we've seen a lot of that this winter as well. Without that snowpack to sort of protect that surface, we've got a lot of soil that can run off or, or whatever is there that can run off into our water bodies. And that's really where the largest portion of our nutrients we believe are coming from. Well, where are these nutrients coming from? You mentioned runoff and, and it coming from different things in the soil that end up in the waterways. Is that the only place that's coming from? Uh, well, you know, we have started some research programs here in Vermont to, to get at this exact thing, trying to figure out where in the landscape, what is moving during the winter, where it's coming from. Um, so it's a, it's a fairly open question at this point. The soil, of course, being a large source of, in particular, um, you know, erosion with, if you don't have a snowpack, we get these freeze-thaw events that can sort of freeze the soil and then um, thaw it so that it sort of expands and contracts and breaks up and, and can actually result in increasing erosion during the winter time. And a lot of that, if we then have these rainfall events, can get swept down into rivers. And Vermont just saw another major flooding event last December. Um, Vermont's climate assessment predicts that the state will continue to see these rain on snow events in the coming decades due to climate change. Do you, is this a, a problem that you expect to worsen? And is there anything that we can do about it? Yeah, well, uh, as you know, the problem of warming winters is a larger than Vermont problem, to be sure. But how we deal with them, I think we can we can do quite a bit about that. You know, if we start really understanding where in the landscape these nutrients during the rain on snow and just rain on on ground events are happening, where where the nutrients are coming from, then we can start to look for solutions to those problems. Um, you know, one example uh, could be that we're all, again, very used to thinking of winter as this inactive time. So if we choose to put out nutrients on our farms or our lawns in the late winter, that may have been a great practice back before all of this happened. But now that this is happening, if you just put this fertilizer or manure out, it's going to most likely just run into the rivers during these rain on snow or rainfall events. So that would be one thing, particular, you know, in particular, that we might change given that these events are becoming more and more frequent. I do think that it's really interesting just for folks to know that we really are sort of on the cutting edge of figuring this out in, in Vermont. There aren't that many places in the world that are looking at what's going downstream during the wintertime. And, and we've got about two seasons of year-round data now and some great preliminary data. Uh, well, great, but also sort of, you know, <laughs> unfortunate because there is a lot going downstream in the winter. But it's really critical for us to be able to figure this out. And then we're working on figuring out where in the landscape exactly these nutrients are coming from so that we're, we'll be better able to address, you know, any problem areas. That was Carol Adair speaking with host Mary Engish. 
Adair directs the Aiken Forestry Science Lab at the University of Vermont, and she helped write a national study about how water quality is impacted by rain on snow events during the winter. Thanks for listening to The Frequency today. We had additional reporting from Lola Dufour, Peter Hirschfeld, Mary Engish, Elodie Reed, and Bob Kinzel. Our executive producer is Kevin Trevelin, and our music is by Blue Dot Sessions. I'm Mitch Wertlieb. Talk to you tomorrow. At a time when information continues to come at us faster and faster, sometimes you need to hit pause and rewind. NPR's Throughline takes you back in time to the source of the news stories filling your feed. Find NPR's Throughline wherever you get your podcasts.